Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! So before we begin, let's go through some scripture. So if you could please turn with me to John chapter 15. And if you're there, please say Amen. Amen. All right. So let's read. So the true vine, so John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that He may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Love and joy perfected. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. The world's hatred. So chapter 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for the sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. The coming rejection. In verse 26 it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Uh, Apologies that it's a bit long, but I think uh, it really makes a lot of sense to read through the whole verse to fully understand it. So in the first part, God tells us what to do. The second part tells us uh, that he has done it before us and that the world hated him because of it. But we will, I, I like that the Bible is so real, right? The Bible tells us that you will face persecution, but God, God will be with you. And the last part tells us that the Holy Spirit is coming to be our helper. 
So it's an encouragement telling us that, hey, don't worry, I will be with you. I'll be there every step of the way. Don't forget that I'm there. So yeah, so going through these verses, I see a common occurrence as well that shows that when there's a command, there's always either gifts or consequences that follow. So if we go to verse 5, it states that, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, so he who abides in me, abides in me will be the command. And I in him bears much fruit. So bears much fruit will be the gift, the blessing. So if you abide in him, you will bear, gift, bear fruits. For without me, you can do nothing. So that will be the consequence of not abiding in God. So that brings me to the title for today's sermon, which are Consequences. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So before we go into more detail, let's find out what is a coin consequence. <laughs> yeah. And the basic definition of consequence would be a result of an action. So when you do something, there's a consequence. Or as, as you remember in physics, there's a law that says that for every reaction, there's an equal opposite reaction. So for everything that you do, there's a consequence, whether it be positive or negative. And when I was reading through and I was, uh, I was Googling, is there such a thing as a good consequence? <laughs> and then there are. So there are such a thing as positive and negative consequences. So the first thing I'll talk, talk to you about was, will be an example of a positive consequence. So what is the example of when you go through something and something bad happens, but you learn from it? So uh, I'm sure you guys know the person called David in the Bible. And uh, not, not, not the pastor, but, <laughs> but, but the... King David, and one of the things that he stumbled, was stumbled by was the wife of another man called Bathsheba. And he lusted after her, he chased after her, and in, in, in the end, he, he, he ultimately resulted in essentially him murdering her, his, her husband. So, so imagine if I'm the king, and I'm, as a king, you have a lot of power, right? As a king, you're like, oh, I can do everything because I'm a king. I have so much power. I have a kingdom. I have subjects under me. And, and you, maybe you start to forget that actually the person that's really in control is God. Yeah. And so there's this guy called Prophet Nathan that came and confronted the king. And um, what he did was he told him that what he did was wrong. Yeah. And David had two choices. He could either ignore what Nathan said or he can repent and be sorry and learn from his mistakes. Yeah. And what did David do? He learned from his mistakes. And also, as I was preparing, I was thinking, what if Nathan hadn't, had, hadn't said yes to God and went to confront the king? So imagine if you're, 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 you're Nathan, you're a prophet, but you're confronting a king that has so much power, right? You're confronting a king that has conquered many nations, that has so many achievements under his name, that, that could sentence you to death at any time. So imagine if Nathan had said no, and David did not have the chance to learn from his mistakes. So, yeah, those are the consequences of our actions. Uh, an example of a negative consequence would be when, when God gave Pharaoh multiple opportunities to let his people go out of Israel. Pharaoh was given five, five opportunities to say, yes, I can let your people go, but he didn't. And eventually it resulted in the death of many firstborns and many plagues being, uh, being released upon Egypt. So that's an example of how, you, how a, a consequence can have very, very negative uh, reactions. So now, I'll also talk about the Latin, so it, there's a Latin word called sequi, I don't know how to, explain, uh, how to, how to pronounce it, but it's S-E-Q-U-I, which means follow or come after, and I think it really makes a lot of sense where when you have an action, and uh, the actions that follow, that come after, would make a lot of sense, right? Because let's say you make a mistake, but the next step would be going back into the right path, that's good. 
But if you make a mistake and then you stumble and you make another mistake, make another mistake, make another mistake, then it will, it will become like a sort of like a cascading effect. So it leads you down further into straying away from God rather than going nearer to God. And as Christians, it's very essential that we understand the consequences when we say no to God. And it's very essential when we understand the consequences of, of that, that the consequences are not just earthly consequences, but they could be eternal consequences as well. So let me, let me, let me which leads me to my next point, which says that, why should I obey God? So God always wants what's best for us. And I think at the crux of it, it's always very important to have the right mindset. So two weeks ago, Pastor Nikki preached on who is God to you. And it's very important to, for us as Christians to have that personal relationship with God so that we can fully understand who God is and why we should be praising Him and why we should be having that personal relationship with Him. It's not because He's just another person, He's just an idol, or He's, he's my mother's God, so I follow, his, follow Him. It's because I have that personal relationship with God, and as a consequence, I choose to follow Him. And as a choice that I make, I choose to follow Him because I understand that when I follow God, He always has my best interest at heart. When I follow God, he always, He's always there as a shoulder to cry on, as a pillar of support. And, and, and this is why it's very important when, when, when we receive something from God, we say yes, because when we say yes, we're, we're acknowledging that God is in control and God has given me this opportunity because there's a reason behind it. Right? And let's, let's, let's run through a scenario. So for example, let's say you've been praying for a family member for some time. And then suddenly, God gives you the opportunity to go over to that place and cook dinner for them. But this is a busy week. It's like you've been working oh, 60 hours for the week already. It's a Friday night. You've been looking forward to going home, watching Netflix, Physical 100. And then, <laughs> and then, then suddenly, you're, you're, you have the opportunity to go, go over and cook for them. And this is like totally out of your plan. You've made plans already. You've, you've, you, you already know what you want to do. And it's a major inconvenience, right? So let's, let's, look at the, let's look at the cons first. So first of all, you have to drive all the way to the, to the, to the family member's house. You have to make conversation. You, 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 have to, you have to buy the ingredients. You have to cook. And then you have to, you have to make an effort to, to do your best. But what are, the, what are the pros? The pros is that at the very least, the family member knows that you care. And, and the family member is one step closer to, to, to knowing God as their personal God and Savior. And, and, and by you stepping out of your comfort zone, people will, people will realize, like, oh, how come he came all the way from the other side of London all the way to my house to cook for me? Why would he do that? And then they'll be curious. And then they'll, they'll wonder, oh, what is it that's different about, about him? How come on a Friday night after a long week, he chooses to come over to my house and cook for me. Or he chooses to sacrifice a week, a weeknight or a weekday or a weekend to come over and spend time with me, right? It gives you the opportunity to, to, to really speak into their lives and to really help them to understand that with God, things are different. And with God, we are different. So, yeah. And let's, let's, let's go through another example of maybe in the workplace. So, last time when a colleague would ask me, hey, what are you doing on a Sunday? I don't know why, but I'll be very shy to say I'm going to church. Or I'll be very shy to say, oh, I'm, doing, I'm, going to, I'm going to homes, or I'm going to prayer service. But over time, I think I've built up the confidence to, to be able to say, hey, I'm going to church. And I think, over, I think 
Sometimes we're very afraid of the earthly consequences more than we're afraid of the spiritual consequences. And that's, that's very, that's very um, how to say, very dangerous. Because let's say we put man above God, then whenever God says something, we're more afraid of displeasing man than displeasing God. So let's, let's not do that. And, and as much as I'm saying this to you guys, I'm preaching to myself as well. And let's, let's not put our bosses above God's will. Like let's say God's nudging you to go to homes on Wednesday, but your boss says, oh, would you like to come for a company dinner? Choose God. Um, and, and make sure people understand why you choose God. And, and, and that, that will have good repercussions across your career as well. And um, as, as last week, Pastor was preaching about, are you proud to believe? And have you lost your fire for God? Or are you still on fire for God? So I think it's really important that we, we are excited because when we're excited, let's say, let's say somebody asks me, oh, what are you doing on Sunday? I'm going to church. Then, then people are like, oh, okay, he's going to church, but they, they won't be curious about why he's going to church, right? But if somebody asks me, oh, why are you going on Sunday? Oh, I'm going to church. Would you like to come? That's, then it's, it's like infectious, right? Somebody will be wondering, oh, why is he so excited about going to church? Maybe one, maybe one day I will, I will try and go to church. Or maybe one day I'll ask him, oh, what do you do at church? And that it, it invokes that curiosity. It has a positive effect on that person's uh, curiosity towards God. So, yeah, the next time somebody asks you, oh, what are you doing on a Wednesday? Or what are you doing this Tuesday? Then you tell them, oh, I'm going to pray meeting. And then tell them more about it. Oh, would you like to know more? Uh, and then the more excited you are about it, and the more, how to say, the more you into it you are about it, the more people will understand that, oh, this is something I should be curious about. Or this is something I should be finding out, finding out more about. So yeah, and in economics, when I, was studying, when I was studying business, there's something called opportunity cost. And uh, I think some of you will know. And it means that uh, when you do something, there's always the opportunity cost of not doing something. So for example, if I use the example of food, if I choose to eat chicken rice for lunch, then the opportunity cost would be I cannot eat anything else for lunch. So... <laughs> But, but when, we're talking about more <laughs> when we're talking about more serious repercussions, it will be when I, choose, uh, when I choose to say no to God, like I mentioned earlier, there are very eternal repercussions, you know? So like, for example, let's say I choose to say no to God, I'm saying no to eternal life in heaven. When I choose to say no to God, I might be hindering someone else from making the choice to get eternal life. But when I say no to men, what's the worst, worst that can happen? When I say no to men, the earthly repercussions are fleeting, are temporary. So we, we don't want to be able to juggle between the two. We, we, it needs to be a, like an immediate choice. Like when God says something, just do it. And that's why when we acknowledge that, like when we, when we saw earlier, the, the, the theme for this year, that heaven rules, right? We really want to understand that heaven rules because God rules and because God is in control. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer and we say that we want His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're actually saying that because God rules fully in heaven, there's nothing wrong in heaven. But we want that to be the same in, in, on earth. So when we say yes to God, there's, we, we, we bring His will into God, into heaven. Sorry, into earth. <laughs> uh, so that's our assignment. So, so yeah. And um, I, I think we really need to take God seriously. And we really, we really shouldn't be taking God's, God in a sense where we shouldn't be saying, God, I only want to talk to you when I'm going through, a trou through trouble. We shouldn't be saying to God, God, I'm having a bad day. Can you fix it, please? 
only. We can say that, but that's not the only prayer that we should be praying. We should be saying, hey, God, thank you for this great day that I'm having. Thank you, God, for this job that I have. Thank you, God, for this, for electricity. Thank you, God, for safe travels to church. Thank you, God, for the ability to meet in church. So we, we should be thanking God in everything that we do. And I think I, I, I like where, 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 I think Pastor Dave has preached multiple times, where it's always got good to put God as the first thing you do when you wake up. And do devotion when, when, when it's first thing in the morning. So like before you read your WhatsApp messages, before you check Instagram, before you check Facebook, hey, maybe Facebook nobody used today. <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, so like uh, before you do any of that, you, 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 you meet and talk with God first. And have a personal conversation with Him, right? God, thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God. I, I, I really thank you for the day that you, because it's the day that you have made. I want to rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, and say the Lord's Prayer. Ask God for your daily bread for the day. Ask God for the strength that you need. And then you, you find that it really kicks things off to a good start. And then you start things off on a positive note. And then even if you face a challenge later on, you're in the right mindset already. And the consequence of that is that you can go through the challenge with more, with more strength, with more motivation, and with more faith. Because you know that, oh, okay, I've, I've, I've communed with God, I've spent time with God, I've soaked in His presence, I'm ready for the day. So yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. And, and try that and yeah, let me know. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes, I think uh, when, when we read the Bible, uh, when I was preparing, I feel like when we read the Bible, we're like, hey, why did they do that? Because we're looking at it in hindsight, right? We're like, oh, why did the Israelites build a golden bull? Why did Mo- how, how what went through Moses' mind when, he, when God asked him to stretch out his staff across the Red Sea to part it? Or why did Solomon still stray after God give, gave him so much wisdom? And, but because we're looking at it in hindsight, and because it's a story, it makes so much sense to us, right? But when we're going through it for the first time, or when we're going through it currently, we're like, God, this doesn't make sense, man. <laughs> Why are you asking me to go all across? So like, let's say I'm in KL. Why are you asking me to go all the way to Klang to, to cook dinner for this, this family member? So Klang is quite far away, like in, during, during peak hours, maybe like, <laughs> maybe like two hours of traffic maybe. So like, why are you asking me going all the way to cook for them when you know I'm tired, when you know that uh, I've had a busy week, when you know that I have a deadline on Monday? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's like, oh, God's asking me to step up so far out of my comfort zone that it doesn't make sense at all. And that's when true faith comes in, right? That's, that's when you truly can say to God, okay, I don't know what, what you're trying to do, but I trust you. Yeah, I, do, I choose to not lean on my own understanding, but on yours. And that's when miracles happen. That's, that's, when, that's when you really build up your faith. And that's when you really are able to face new and new cha- bigger and bigger challenges because you're taking more and more and more steps out of your comfort zone. So yeah, try it. Give it a try. And uh, see how God will move in your life and see how God will continue to challenge you for greater and bigger things. And God doesn't give you challenges because He likes to see you suffer. God gives you challenges because He wants to see you grow and because He wants to also use you as a vessel to bless others. And like, like in the verse, it says, uh, let me go back, sorry. It says, what greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you know how much God loves you? Like, do you know that we can't even comprehend how much God loves us? And He asks you to love your neighbor as much as He loves you? 
And he asks you to really take that into contemplation when you go out and speak to a family member or when you go out and speak to a friend. When you're telling people about God, you really want to portray how much love God has for us. You know? Can you imagine an almighty being having to become a fetus in a womb and having to not be able to speak and voice his opinions? Can you imagine? Can you imagine he loves us so much that he sent his son to be able to go through all of these earthly experiences, even die on the cross for us because he loves us so much? Can you say that you would die on the cross for somebody? Can you say that you would, you would give out your life for somebody that you know? I mean, we could say it, but when it comes down to the crunch time, will we really do it? Yeah. And will we really face the consequences of, of following God? Yeah. And, yeah. And sometimes, I think, have you ever... Let me, let me go through an example of, of what happens when you say no to God also. So, for example, have you planned something before? Like, you put your whole mind and effort into it. You plan, like, weeks planning for it. You know it's going to be perfect. You're like, oh, people are going to, be, going to really love it. And then somebody, suddenly everybody says, I can't make it. Have, has anyone done that before? Yeah. How did you feel? Did you feel disappointed? And imagine God, God plans something perfectly, you know. God is, like, orchestrating everything behind the scenes. He's like, okay... Once Rora says yes, this guy's going to be safe. But then Rora says no. Oh, sorry, Rora. <laughs> but okay, imagine, imagine, right? Imagine that if one no can have a lot of repercussions, God has to plan again. I mean, God is always in control, but God gives us the choice to help in that process, right? So once, when we say no to God, we are essentially disappointing God. We're essentially saying to God, no, I don't trust in you. No, I think, I think I know better. God, I think my, my interests are better than, than your interests. And we're saying to God, uh, God, uh, try again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, uh, let's stop saying no to God, right? And let's, let's really understand His heart behind why, why He gives us things to do and why He wants to include us in His plan and why, why it's so essential that when we say yes, we trust that when what we're saying yes to is important. And so the next time God gives you an opportunity to maybe speak to someone that, that's new that came to church, speak to them. Or God gives you the opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with a homie to encourage them, do it. Or even like sending an encouraging message to somebody just because you know that they're going through a hard time. Yeah. Just do it. And you, ne- you might never know because like someone was sharing in homes the other day, uh, it's very welcoming to see somebody standing outside in the cold, welcoming people into church. So thank you, hosts, for doing that. Thank you for making the sacrifice. Yeah. So, and thank you, thank you, worship team, for week in, week out, leading us in worship, leading us in praise. And the only reason why we can do church physically is because of people saying yes. Yeah. And we, like, even with just one yes, we can do church because even if it's just one person preaching, you can do church. But because we have so many people saying, yes, we have a richer experience. We can experience God in a richer way because people chose to use their talents for the right reasons. And as a consequence of that, we have a better church experience. But we don't forget at the center of all why we serve, right? So we serve because we want to give praise to God. We serve because we know that when we praise God, we are, we are really essentially thanking God for everything that we have, right? So which leads me to my next point, which is, how should I obey? 
And God, the Bible tells us very clearly, God wants us to obey with all our heart. And God doesn't want to trust Him 50% of the time, or 75% of the time, or even 99% of the time. He wants us to trust Him all the time, 100% of the time. He wants our full and utter devotion. And He doesn't want us to doubt Him. We can doubt men, no problem, but we can't doubt God. Because God is almighty, right? And when you doubt God, you're essentially saying that God's not in control, and you, you know better than God. So let's not do that. And we, when we don't fully put our trust, hope and faith in God, and when we, when we surrender, don't fully surrender everything that we're going through into God's hands, we start to worry and doubt when things don't go according to what we want. But we might not necessarily understand that what we are receiving is what we need. So when God puts you through a hard situation, maybe He's teaching you something. So for example, at work, Hey, this is a prayer point that I've been uh, praying about for the past, I guess, few months, which is for more patience. So most of my job is convincing people that data governance is important. And uh, most, most of the time, I have to repeat things like maybe 10, 15 times, the same thing to the same people. And uh, you can ask Karen, <laughs> sometimes conversations get very heated. And like after the call, she'll be asking me, are you okay? <laughs> so... And I, that's something I want to work on because I don't want to be known as the guy that keeps on pressing and keeps on pushing people to do something that they don't want to do, right? And I don't want to be a bad example so that when, when, when I say, oh, I'm a Christian, then they think that all Christians are angry guys or all Christians are people that are pushy or all Christians that are, you know, just shouting at them. <laughs> so, so I've been working on it and I've tried to explain, oh, in a better way. And also, anytime, let's say we have a heated conversation, what I try to do is I always apologize if I've inconvenienced them or if I've offended them in any way. And usually that helps to, for them to, to say, oh, okay, thanks for saying that and, uh, and, and, we, and, we, and we maintain the relationship. And, and out of that humility, it also gives me a chance to, to give, set a good example and to be able to say... Um, uh, so that when I say that I'm a Christian, it doesn't reflect as a bad example anymore. So it shows that I, uh, he can be an angry guy, but he's also humble. And he's also repentant when he makes mistakes. So yeah. And uh, maybe as uh, one more example before we draw to a close, which would be tithing. So we've, we've learned two homes ago that why tithing is so important. We give because God gave first gave us. And um, it's an outward expression of thankfulness to God. So God gave us 100%. All we have to do is give Him back a portion of it. As saying that, thank you for giving me this. And thank you for allowing me to live as I do. Uh, thank you for allowing me to, to breathe. Thank you for allowing me to have each and every day that I have to live. And what are the consequences of not giving back to God? So I've written down, written down three things. So first of all, we start to, God, to doubt that what we have comes from God. We start to believe that everything that we have comes from our own strength and from our own power, and it doesn't come from God's blessings. The second thing is we lose the opportunity to be grateful to God for everything that we have. So first, we forget that everything comes from God. Second, we lose the opportunity to thank Him for it. And third, we start to lose our trust in God. Because when you believe that everything comes from your own actions, and when you believe that everything comes from your own strength, then you forget that it comes from God, and then you lose your trust in God. And I think that's quite dangerous because if we start to become complacent, we start to lose our faith, we start to put our hope in the wrong things, 
then we really lose the opportunity to, to really dig deeper and understand what God has been doing in our lives and fully be grateful and thankful for it. So yeah, and as I draw to a close and the worship team comes up, I'd like to ask you all a question. And as all heads and all, all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. So this morning, are you ready to trust God fully no matter what the earthly consequences are? So are you ready to say yes to God even when um, you're facing obstacles in life? Are you ready to, to fully devote your life to Him? Are you ready to, to, to say yes to Him when He gives you the opportunity each and every time He gives you an opportunity? And if that's you, I'd like to pray for you today. And if, you're, if you feel like there are too many obstacles holding you back from trusting God, I would like you to raise your hand. If you feel like you are trusting in your own strength and not in God, please raise your hand. And if you want God to move in your life in a radical way this morning, please also raise your hand. And at the count of five, we're going to pray. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you, God, today a lot. And thank you, God, for being our God and our Savior a lot. We thank you. And we want to believe that you are in control in all things a lot. We want to believe and have faith and put our trust and hope in you a lot. We thank you for being such a great God, being such a sovereign God, a God that's, that's, that's mighty, a God that's worthy to be praised a lot. Today, we want to surrender our lives into your hands a lot. We want to surrender our wants into your hands. We want to surrender our needs into your hands a lot. We want to be able to fully and utterly trust in you a lot. We want to be able to to, to say that the consequences of not following you are not worth it alone. And we uh, are too big for us to uh, are too big for us to to ignore. Alone. We pray that we'll be able to fully obey you. We pray that we'll be able to trust in your word, trust in your direction for our lives alone. And we pray that we'll be obedient to follow alone. We pray that we'll not just listen. We pray that we'll be able to apply what you've been saying to us alone. We pray that we'll be given able to take every opportunity that you give us a lot and we pray that you will be at the center of our lives a lot you'll be our number one priority and that nothing can stand in the way of us praising you of us worshiping you and of us wanting to give you all our glory lord in jesus name i pray amen if you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite jesus into your life why don't you join me in saying this prayer lord jesus Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.